WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, March 7th, 2021. I'm Cameron Riddle, back from a little time off. Thank you to Tina Cosby and Anthony and Avia for holding it down for us last week with our excellent panel. Great show. And we have more great show for you today here on March 7th. We will have... For the very first time, the mayor of Indianapolis, Mr. Joseph Hogsett, will join us this morning at 8.30. This is the first time we have ever uh, had to uh, have the mayor here on this show. And so we will give you the opportunity to talk with him as well, asking as many questions as possible. That is coming up this morning at 8.30, our live interview with the mayor of Indianapolis at a time where there's so much going on here in the city. And we mark one year since the shutdowns began for the coronavirus pandemic right here uh, in Indianapolis. The mayor was the person who made that announcement, but this year he's making different announcements about things opening back up and March Madness plans and Big Ten plans. A lot to ask him about, and I know you have questions, and I want you to call and talk to him this morning at 8.30. But off the top of the show this morning, while there's a lot going on over at City Hall on one end of Market Street, there's also a lot going on on the other end of Market Street at the state capitol. You might have heard in the past couple of weeks, things have gotten very contentious in there, so much so that as one state senator described it, almost got into a fight. Some black lawmakers and white lawmakers were not getting along because the black lawmakers were booed on the floor. That is now... caused a lot of pushback and some of that is coming in the form of protests that began last week and another will continue uh, this week. In fact, there will be two protests that will happen uh, this week at the Indiana State House and you are invited to participate. Uh, To get the details on exactly what is going down and why it is happening and what you can do about it, The man, the myth, and the legend who uh, is behind so many causes here in the city of Indianapolis getting you informed uh, is Marshawn Woley. He joins us live right now on our live line. Marshawn, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for getting up and and speaking with us. Uh, As I just said, there's been a lot going on at the State House. Uh, uh, Senator John Bartlett, just the other night, I was at the same event that he was. uh, The Him by Her School was having a... um, a discussion with uh, Chief Taylor and the community and, you know, folks to ask, what can we do to change things? And you say, he said, you know, there are things going on outside of the state house, but at the legal level, we got senators who literally almost got into a fight. So explain to us what's going down in there. Yeah. So uh, basically the Indiana black legislative caucus was challenging a particular piece of legislation that would allow for um, really segregation between, you know, white students leaving really what is a multiracial school to go to a predominantly white school. Um, and, you know, great Representative Porter um, challenged that issue, and he was booed, and then Representative Smith challenged the issue. He was booed. There was an altercation uh, involving uh, Representative Summers where somebody had to, where they had to hold men, a grown man back from maybe uh, potentially harming a a black woman. Uh, There was also a verbal accosting that occurred in the bathroom like an hour after that incident with Representative Smith. So, yeah, they, they, so not only was it the physical altercation, but the Urban League and IBE, as well as the African-American Coalition, we've been tracking about 100 bills this legislative session. Mm -hmm. That's more than what we normally do, in part because there's just so many bad bills that have racial undertones Mm -hmm. that create racial inequities or racial disparities. And so the concern is not only the incident, you can't silence our black leaders, but then it's also... And I... Mm -hmm felt the need to um, engage. And so last week, 
we uh, we had a silent protest in part because uh, we were playing on the idea that they were trying to silence us. We weren't going to have it. So we went down there, had our say, um, and then left in silence like we dropped the mic. So, and now we're coming back. So, you know, you, you talked about one of the bills and some of these bills have racial undertones. Uh, the one, to my knowledge, that the booing started was the one that was obvious with the racial undertones, and that was uh, the students outside of the South Bend School District wanted to go to a neighboring school district. Um, and one of the representatives, it might have been Porter, correct me where I'm wrong, yeah. but had pointed out that that was wrong and it was clear on what was going on. And that's when the booing started. Exactly. And the, the truth be told is that bill has failed multiple years. Um, that wasn't the first time that they'd attempted to do that. The bill was, had f- failed. Um, and the Speaker of the House, when we met with the Speaker of the House, he told us that, like, the public policy undergirding that is bad and had been, you know, failed a couple of years. But for some reason, this year, it got through. So, um, I don't know, what kind of attention have you guys gotten with this? Because, granted, there is so much that's going on across the country, here in the state, here in the city. And I'm I'm wondering, now, granted, I took some time off. I, I was gone for part of the week, and I purposely then not watch anybody's newscast or listen to anybody's radio show or read anybody's newspaper uh, while I was on my downtime. But has this gotten the attention that it should when you have lawmakers who are literally about to get into physical fights because of racism? Yeah, so the actual incident was covered across the country. Uh, people in Florida, D.C., uh, you know, Maryland, like just other folks just across the country knew about this, uh, talk, talk, reached out to me to talk to me about it, figure out what was going on. Uh, other media outlets covered the actual incident. As far as our protest, the protest was covered by by the newspaper and every, all the newspapers, the Recorder, the Indy Star. Um, I, I know the IBJ was there, so I'm looking, still looking for their story. But then also um, the different news stations, including Channel 6. Um, yeah, they were there. And then obviously Dion was there. So we, we got our message out about our frustration with this and that the black community would not be silenced. We're going back to more directly engage the legislators. 239-9696, 239-9696. I want you to call me right now and let me know what do you guys think about uh, what is going on at the State House. Uh, of course, you just heard Marshawn is now asking folks to come out and join them in uh, pointing out that this is wrong with the protest uh, that is tomorrow. Marshawn, tell us about that while you guys call us at 317-239-9696. Yeah, so we're actually going to be there every day next week. Um, we have uh, the Concerned Clergy, we have Faith in Indiana, we have the Indiana Minority Health Coalition, we have the NAACP, we have the ASAI, the Urban League, um, just coming different days. So every day next week, we're going to have different organizations and people down there at noon. And we're basically going to, there's a form that you can fill out. Uh, that you can slide a little note into the session when when legislators know, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna every day next week. Um, we are on the air this morning with Marshawn Woolley. Uh, Marshawn, uh, the owner and what, what's the new title of Black Onyx Management? Uh, uh, President and CEO. President and CEO, a man of many hats who is always busy. We're talking about what's going on uh, at, at the State House, where lawmakers were literally uh, about to get into uh, a physical fight uh, when it comes to some of the bills that have gone on at the State House. Marshawn, we're going to take some calls, but before we go, after we come back, I want to hear. Uh, what are some of those bills that you guys are watching? I saw you guys holding yeah. up signs. I know uh, Senate Bill 141 was one of them. But uh, we'll talk about some of the bills you guys are trying to uh, uh, help push back against. But the phone lines are on fire now. Uh, let's hear from hear from some folks at 239-9696. Who's this? Good morning. You know, it's really embarrassing to have this conversation. We have Greg Porter and uh, Senator Taylor and Vanessa and the guys over at the Straight House. They're in the minority. They need to shut up and take whatever they get. 
and they know they have to take it too. But you talk about the segregation. Uh, right here in Dallas, we do a segregation. And a lot of the same people who are down the state house are members of the Mind Trust that's doing this drug segregation right here in town, following our children into unfunded schools that are uh, what I call bootleg, which I know about it. And uh, it's, it's just embarrassing to see these people come out. The people at the state house don't want anything to do with you because they know what you are. They can see what you're doing. You're causing more hard troubles for black people who are down there on the ground level by bringing up racism every time you think you can make a buck off of it. And that's what you're doing, Rashad. I'm embarrassed for you. Uh -huh. And there are other people that are like you. I'm not making a personal thing, but this is what's going on. The deception that got the stop, Cameron. Uh -huh. We have got to let all sides come to the table and debunk these uh, racism uh, baloney that's being put out here, destroying our kids' future. Nobody's going to want to hire your kid when he's going around talking about racism. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Larry. Uh, more calls. 317-239-9696. Larry says the uh, the black legislative caucus is in the, is in the minority and they should just uh, lay yeah. down and take it. Marshawn, I don't think that's the advice they're going to take. That, that's not that's not going to happen at all. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue to support the IBLC as they challenge bills that create racial inequities and racial disparities. And we're going to stand with them on uh, that. Let me jump to another call on line three. Caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Michael Crowder. Michael, what's happening? Yes, uh, I'm calling in because, uh, because of a situation down at the state house. Mm -hmm. um, I used to work for the state. Mm -hmm. I used to be a state employee. Um, as you see, the election went. Joe Biden won big time. And these folks are going crazy. They're making up all kinds of laws to suppress the vote. And these people just let out of the hat. Mm -hmm. You there? I'm here. Go ahead. That's the other uh, one. Go ahead. And I want those people. Now I'm an old Vietnam era veteran. I want these young people to realize this fact. We got to keep this fire of voting alive. We got to put, in, 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 in put laws that will protect our votes. They don't want us to vote. We went out and vote big time against a, a white supremacist, you know, that caused that problem in Washington, D.C. on the 6th of January. Young people out there here in Indianapolis and across the world continue to uh, demand your civil rights. We fought for civil rights after, after we was enslaved, and we're fighting again today for civil rights. These people... Wants, uh, 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 Donald Trump with that red hat want, uh, talking about make America great. He wants America all white. And that's what these people are all about. They want other people of different nationalities to not have the same civil rights. But, this, but we got to stand up for our civil rights. And you people, young people here in Indianapolis, you go down to that state house and demand your rights. Thank you, sir. Michael Crowder, thank you very much, sir. Marshawn, tell us about some of the bills uh, that you guys are trying to get uh, the attention with. I know there were some signs being held up with certain yeah. Senate bills. What are those? Yeah, so uh, we've been on defense for the first half of the legislative session, and so there are a number of bills uh, where we weighed in. We weighed in on what were called the anti-community policing bill. So I was down there. We testified against SB 168. We testified against which was the police takeover bill. We, mm -hmm. we testified against SB 394, which was supposed to take away the use of force board and the general orders board. We testified against SB 311, which basically gets, a, gets rid of use of force standards in certain situations. Um, those bills, SB 394 is dead, but the other ones, while one is supposed to be going to a study committee, it's still technically alive, so we're monitoring that. SB 311, it made it out of committee, so we're still like fighting that, monitoring that. SB 141 makes it harder for, it's the Indigo bill, it makes it harder for um, black people to access the uh, the transit system, especially when it basically does what we, we feared. We thought that when they did the transit system, that somehow, some way, black folks was going to miss out. And what happened was, they're trying to make it more expensive to do the blue line and the purple line, saying that the Indigo would have to raise the money privately 
as opposed to take advantage of the tax referendum we all voted on and support it. So yeah, they're they're doing they're doing some things that we're we're on defense, but we're actually going on offense. Um, it is very much an uphill battle. We're dealing with bills that are concerned where our concerns were mostly dead. We call these the root cause bills. Root cause bills are like HB eleven fifty three, which deals with mental health and addiction, and allows for folks who have um, who may have had substance abuse issues or were incarcerated to get the mental health services that they need. Uh, we think that that's important. We also are supporting HB 1146, which is a food fund bill, um, a healthy food fund and um, a healthy incubator, uh, where they would create a, an incubator nonprofit system to support uh, just entrepreneurial uh, experiences throughout the state, and then also have a food fund kind of like Indianapolis does, um, where they would you know fund certain things. It has a fiscal on it, so maybe, you know, it's going to be a hard fight, but we're still going to continue to fight. Um, and then there's, you know, obviously we don't want to see HB 1367, which was a bill that precipitated everything. We don't want to see that bill move forward. We want it to die. Um, there's a rioting bill we want to die. There's a self-defense bill, which basically is like an expansion of uh, stand your ground. We want that to die. You've, so got, a, you've got a long list yeah. there. Yeah, we got a long list. We're fighting on multiple fronts, which is part of the reason why we show up this week, all this week, Monday through Thursday at noon. We're going to be taking our time and filling out these notes that speak to all the different issues that we're concerned about, and we're going to let them know more directly than we've ever done before. All right, let's take one more caller before we wrap things up with this segment. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, Good morning. This is Thomas. Thomas, what's on your mind, sir? Hey, how you doing? Um, good morning to your guest. Um, I think it's a travesty what's going on on the national political scene and the local level. Um, when you look at how the politicians are still not accepting the fact that um, our president, Biden, actually won the election and what happened at the state level with um, our Black Caucus, um, it's absolutely ridiculous that we're even dealing with this. When you look at Governor Cuomo, some of the accusations um, that are directed towards him, even if they're accurate, he's still not getting the treatment that Donald Trump got. He was accused of the same things. I believe that it should be fair across the board. If he's guilty, he's guilty. But uh, we need to be fair across the board. And as far as from uh, what happened um, with the Black Caucus, the biggest problem here is that it didn't make enough news because it had I've been down there and seen one of them trying to jump on one of our female black representatives, it would make global news because something needed to happen outside of what happened. Thank you. Thomas, thank you so much for the call. Marshawn, I know you got a lot of interest uh, in folks coming out. What do they need to do? Where do they need to go? What time do they need to be there? So noon, <clears throat> at noon, uh, we will have box lunches for the first 30 people that arrive. When you arrive, we need you to go to the fourth floor. That's the fourth floor of the state capitol building. Go to the south atrium. There will be signs and elevators. So once you get to an elevator, there will be signs <clears throat> taking you to the fourth floor. You need to look for Raven Ridgell. She is the executive director of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. She's the quarterback. Uh, she's the boss. Once you get there, she'll take care of you. She'll give you instructions on how we're going to proceed on each day. And uh, we hope we also want people to, to register uh, so she knows who's coming. So Raven's email address, R-A-E-V-E-N dot Rigel, R-I-D-G-E-L-L, at I-G-A dot I-N dot gov. I know that's a lot of words, but um, I don't know, Cameron, if you got that down. But Raven... Uh, and I'll send you a flyer, Cameron, so you have it. Okay. She's she's the quarterback, and we're going to be there every day, Monday through Thursday, because uh, the session that's that's what's going on, and we're going to be heard. All right. And is it a is it a silent protest all week, or is it different different things different days? So, so what we're doing this time is we're going to fill out slips of paper. These are notes that you can pass into the session while the session is going on, if you decide to. You can even ask a, a, a legislator to come out and talk to you, and we're going to engage more directly in that way. Last time, it was about raising the awareness uh, through the local media. 
this time it's about letting the legislators know exactly where we stand on issues. So we are breaking the silence this time and going directly to uh, All right. Marshawn Woley, the CEO of Black Onyx Management and a number of other uh, organizations throughout the city of Indianapolis keeping us informed uh, as uh, you push to let folks know you're going to be heard. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Outstanding. Um, coming up this morning, as I said, we're going to continue to talk about this conversation. But uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett is also coming up this morning here at 830. And in this in-between time, it's it's uh, 820. So between now and my next uh, commercial break, which will be in about seven minutes, I want to hear from you. 239-9696. One, uh, we'll do it two ways. What do you think about what's going on at the state house? Because the phones are still ringing for that. But also, what would you like to ask Mayor Joe Hogsett? I'm going to tell you now straight up, the mayor only has uh, 15 minutes for us. So he'll be on from 830 to about 845. So there's no way here on God's green earth, uh, all of you are going to get to ask the mayor the questions that you have. But maybe there's a chance I can or somebody who else is listening and gets through can ask that question in this 15 minutes uh, that we're going to drive through uh, with the mayor. So one, what do you think of the job the mayor is doing? Uh, what questions would you ask of him? It's been one year since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has uh, shut things down. It would be this upcoming week next year. This would be week 52 of the day that our world changed. Um, of course, now things are opening up. We've got March Madness. We've got the Big Ten. So many things coming to the city of Indianapolis. At the same time, we got a crime problem. Uh, I was just with the chief of police, Randall Taylor, on Friday uh, talking about solutions for crime. And he, he's asking for the solutions. He wanted the community to to talk to him and say, what do they think is going on? And what are the causes behind that? So start with your questions for the mayor right now, because he'll be coming on at 830. But I want you to call me now. 239-9696, 239-9696. But also, I've got more callers who want to talk about what has happened over at the State House and the upcoming protests that will happen throughout this week. Call me on both of those right now, 317 239 We are live this morning. Let's go to the live line, online. One caller, good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. And even though we've made strides with our civil rights movement, it still doesn't, you know, take effect. Like, this is 2020. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. This is 2021. And we are talking about segregation in our highest, in our, uh, how, in our, in our state house. Mm-hmm. This is like, how are we talking about coming to physical violence when we're supposed to be, you know, on a mend from this new mm-hmm. pandemic? From, you know, what's going on? Like, it's, I, I'm lost words because I, this is. I understand. I understand the frustration. It just goes to show you that uh, a lot has changed, but not enough has changed. Let's put it that way. Thank you so much for the call. I got more callers. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Good morning. Is that me? Yes, that is you. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Donna Cameron. Donna, what's on your mind? Um, two things. Uh, just like the gentleman said, how is this taking place in plain sight? at the state house, at state houses across the country. The intentional, um, not an attempt, because they're doing the intentional uh, laws to suppress the vote, and just as plain as day, and they don't even care that that they're doing it based on false premises. Number two, uh, as far as crime and things in the community, I think we have the uh, pyramid shift incorrect. I think we've got the police at the top and they shouldn't be. Uh, 
There are so many other components of the community that should come into play before our law enforcement uh, component comes into play. We've got the family, we've got the school, churches, we've got the city, then we've got the police. So we've got to shift that paradigm and not make the police the first in that particular um, puzzle that we're working with on our crime. We've got to push shift it back to those entities that can actually have the impact. It's not the law enforcement role to be able to come in and take all this under their wing. We've got to, we've got to get that back under control and stop pushing it all to law enforcement. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call, Donna. Let's squeeze in another one before we go uh, to break. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Reginald Bentley. What, what's on your mind, sir? You got, a, you got a minute. Go for it. Yes, sir. I think the mayor has to fight for the Indigo Transit system mm-hmm. of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And people like myself from Washington, Chicago, New York, we moved to Indianapolis in our senior years, and the transportation here is not the best. You've got the beautiful red line. You have to fight for the purple line and the other lines. Indianapolis has to stay on top of transportation because if you want to attract people that want to live here and don't have to depend on a car, you're going to have to provide good transportation. Thank you so much. That's a question that I do plan to ask uh, the mayor on. uh, Where does he stand and who's pushing back and fighting for the city of Indianapolis in that respect? Thank you so much for the call. Uh, Let's see. It is 826. I got to get ready for the mayor. So let's take a quick break. Uh, Anthony, we're going to go to a break here and uh, we will come back with more of your calls. And um, your uh, questions for uh, the mayor of Indianapolis. Uh, All of that is coming up here uh, this morning as the Open Line Show will continue through 9 o'clock. We've got 15 minutes with the mayor. I've got questions I need to ask. I know there are questions you want to ask, so let's do it. Call me, 317-239-9696, and we'll get you live on the air and allow you to ask the mayor. I'm Cameron Riddle. Open Lines is back in just moments. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city, it's Open Lines on High 96.3. And we are back on Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle live in the 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 Studios in downtown Indianapolis, where uh, for the first time in literally a year, we're going to have some company down here. The Big Ten, uh, March Madness is here. Downtown is literally going to be as live as it has been in the past 52 weeks. It has been uh, a year this week uh, since... Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogshead made that big announcement on a Thursday afternoon. I remember it as clear as day because I was in Muncie, supposed to have a day off, and they said the mayor's about to shut down the city. We need you to get down to Indianapolis. So I made record time on I-69 to get to the 25th floor of the mayor's office at the city-county building where the mayor said we're shutting down all schools, at least for the next two weeks. Little did we know it would be for the next several months because of the coronavirus pandemic. Fast forward a year and we're making different announcements about things opening back up with uh, restrictions easing. Folks are getting the vaccine. I've heard nothing but good news about what's happening over at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, Artina Cosby uh, was there. She said it's running uh, like a well-oiled uh, uh, machine. So we're in a different place from where we were last year. One of the people who uh, we have heard from a lot guiding us through this unprecedented year has been the mayor of Indianapolis. He is Joe Hogsett, and he joins us live right now on our live line for the first time. Mayor, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. It's a pleasure uh, to have you. We've got 15 minutes, so I'll jump right in. Uh, You're making different kinds of announcements than you were this time last year. do your victory lap. We'll give you give. We got to give credit where credit is due uh, for March Madness and for the Big Ten. These places, out of all the cities they could go to, decided to come here to Indianapolis. And as much uh, criticism and businesses were upset that they had to close, they're happy right now. Well, it's been a year, obviously, since we uh, had to shut down due to COVID nineteen. But we long way. Hello. 
uh-huh. it, it, it really is amazing to think that um, uh, one year ago, uh, the Big Ten tournament was called off uh, and the world changed uh, forever. Past year has tested us, uh, but our residents have been resilient. Uh, and as you mentioned, with the vaccine now rolling out, Indianapolis is on the right track. We're about we're about ready to embark on a historic month of basketball, and it's no accident that our city has been chosen to host the entire men's NCAA Division One tournament. We're also hosting this week the Big Ten men and women's uh, tournament, the Horizon League's uh, semifi- both men and women's semifinal and final championship uh, tournament games uh and so we've reopened um you know over the course of the last several months we've demonstrated that we could still keep the title of uh, basketball capital uh, of the world uh, even during the pandemic and so um you know we've come a long way and we're and we're and we're proud of the progress we've made uh mayor uh, let me switch gears to what's going on on the other side of Market Street. I want to ask you directly, uh, what's your response to some of the bills that have come out and are clear as day, particularly focused on Indianapolis and restricting what the government or the people of this city can do, namely the one that's um, that hasn't been derailed is still that Indigo bill, Senate Bill 141. Of course, we have the police bill that was going to be a takeover of the state of IMPD. That's more or less died. It's been uh, gone to a study. So I want to ask you, people are saying, who's standing up for us when it feels like we're being attacked? And, and where do you stand on that Indigo bill? Because folks voted uh, for that, uh, saying they want it, and it's still up for uh, debate right now in the House. Yeah, you're right, Cameron. I mean, in 2016, 60% of Marion County voters supported the transit referendum, which didn't just uh, allow us to build uh, bus rapid transit lines, but it actually uh, was a referendum that supported for expanded uh, mass transit service throughout the county. So since then, um, Indigo has received millions in federal funding that will expand our bus routes, but it also uh, is money that will be used to improve our roads, our sidewalks, our storm drains, and we don't want to lose the 150 to $200 million in federal funding that Congressman Carson and others have fought so diligently uh, to provide Indianapolis. It will be transformational in our major corridors, 38th Street, Washington Street, uh, frankly, with minimal impact on commute time. So we're going to be uh, over uh, in this second half of the Indiana General Assembly. We're going to be over in the state capitol, you know, fighting for uh, more funding for Indianapolis for um, uh, rapid transit. And uh, I am cautiously optimistic that with the help of a legislative leadership, we'll see those bills uh, or the bill that is uh, affecting Indigo amended in ways that will not impact adversely our city. The, so let, the, let, let me ask you this way, Mayor. Uh, I'm sure you would you would say it uh, far more eloquently and nice when you're over there. But are you going to tell them to back off of, of what people have voted for? Well, I hope that they can realize that on their own. I mean, uh, as I said earlier, 60 percent of Marion County residents want the type of uh, investment in our transit system um, that has been contemplated by Indigo. And and the point that I want to underscore is why on earth would we uh, turn down 150 to $200 million in federal support? I mean, look, Indianapolis and Indiana are known as donor county and state. I mean, we, we provide more uh, tax dollars to state government and to federal government than we receive in return. And now this bill would essentially negate uh, our opportunity to enjoy 150 to 200 million dollars in federal uh, support. Congressman Carson has been a leading light in this regard, and I will tell you that with the new administration and with Secretary of Transportation 
Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of mm-hmm, South Bend. Mm-hmm. I hope we're reasonably well positioned in D.C. to receive even more federal support. And why why we would ever turn that money down uh, really mystifies me. All right, we'll have to ask that question uh, to the folks with their names on that bill, and that is Senator Aaron Freeman. We've talked to him. We'll ask him that question again. I hope you do as well, Mayor. Uh, with limited time, I'm going to let the callers jump in and ask you some questions. Callers, here's what I'm asking. 30 seconds. Do not get on here and preach to the mayor and tell us your backstory. Ask him your question. Be respectful because I don't need any calls from the FCC. But let's be respectful of the mayor's time and uh, be respectful when you ask him his question. And hopefully he can get you a an answer. And the quicker you are with your question, uh, the faster somebody else can ask a question before the mayor has to go here at 845. Let's go to the phone lines and see who has what to ask. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? You have 30 seconds. Hey, this is Guy. Guy, go ahead. Yes, Mr. Mayor, top of the morning to you and also to you, Cameron. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys. Wanted to know, think about the conservatives, so-called conservatives, and their attempts to make America great again. Uh, that's G-R-A-T-E, great again. And uh, also, congratulations on what's happening with the... Uh, in the basketball world, in the March Madness. Uh, so, uh, also, what you plan to do about these attempts to derail progress in Indianapolis. Thank you so much for the call, Guy. Uh, Mayor, I know we threw a lot at you, but if you could answer that and as quickly as possible, we'll get some more calls in. Yeah, I'd I, I simply say, look, I mean, uh, we are working diligently with leadership over in the assembly. We've got uh, great connections uh, for the city in Washington, led by Congressman Andre Carson. Uh, it's it's nice to have Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, as the Secretary of Transportation. And so I think the city, uh, despite the challenges that we faced over the last year, is very well positioned to come out of uh, the pandemic stronger than we were before. Our downtown has, uh, uh, ha- has been... Uh, 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 you know, focused on and is clean and ready to, uh, you know, ready to attract visitors to our city again. So we're on our way back. And uh, I think Indianapolis will take the leadership role uh, for the country as a whole in this regard. All right. Thank you, Mayor. Let's go to another call at 239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air with the mayor. Who's this? Uh, good morning, Mayor. I just want to tell you, uh, you're doing a great job. Just keep holding down the fort. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. She kept that clear and concise for us, Mayor. Let's go to another call because our phone lines are ringing. 239-9696. Caller on line two. There we go. Good morning. Hey, how's, hey how's it going? Hey, Mayor, where's the leadership and what are you going to do about the crime in the city? Um, TLC is scared to ask you the hard questions. What are you going to do about the crime in this city? First of all, Chief, TLC ain't, ain't uh, scared to ask anything. I ask my questions because I've done this show enough to know that that was the question you were going to ask. So don't call here with that. But, Mayor, uh, to his question, uh, what, what's being done about the crime? Yeah, let me be brief uh, because it's, it's, it's a very important topic. Indianapolis is not alone. Other cities are the same issues. Because overall, crime is down Indianapolis. Violent crime is down. But homicides and non-fatal shootings are up. So our strategy has been two-pronged. First, community-based beat policing. IMPD just wrapped up a series of virtual community meetings to give updates and answers to questions from different neighborhoods. Last year, we expanded the number of beats, shrinking the area covered by officers to help encourage positive connections. And then the second prong, is an investment in neighborhood violence reduction organizations. We're spending more this year than ever before on grants for these kind of neighborhood groups. We also have to recognize to, and to address the root causes of the, the, uh, the, the, the gun violence. That's why Project Indy, our summer jobs program for young people, is so important. We're coping with COVID mental uh, health uh, uh, campaigns and issues that involving what COVID has, uh, uh, the effect that COVID has had on our city. So it's a multi-pronged approach, and I hope that we'll see 
uh, positive results in 2021 over and against what we experienced in 2020. All right, let's take another call as we wind this down. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? Turn your radio down for us. Good morning. This is Terry King. How are you doing, Cameron? I'm Wait, good, Terry. you got 15 seconds to ask it. Go for good morning. it. Good morning, Mayor. I basically hey, Terry. I'm back off the question you just got about the crime. You did mention the new things that were going to have in place. However, if you really think about it, We've done a lot of that in the past before. Um, I guess my question to you is what do you as the mayor in leadership personally think we should do? Thank you, Terry. It's the mayor. That's a very good question, Terry, in the sense that, uh, you know, look, as mayor of the city, I take these things very, very personally. And it's ultimately our responsibility collectively to work together. Let me just make one thing absolutely clear. While we're in the process of helping IMPD reform itself to provide better and more positive connectivity to the community, uh, we've made some significant reforms over the last year, reforms that, frankly, uh, the Indiana General Assembly attempted to, to undo uh, unsuccessfully, at least thus far. But I, I think as a, as a practical matter, we're making progress uh, in being responsive uh, to the needs of the community, and that's why it's so important that we use community-based neighborhood uh, organizations to help us. The plain fact is, as it relates to gun violence, Indianapolis and Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department will not resolve these issues alone. We need our entire community to stand up and say, stop the violence. And when we work together as one city, I think we'll see a more peaceful, safer community, and that is what we're working diligently toward. Uh, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogshead, for the very first time, coming on the Open Line show here live, uh, actually live, here to take your questions, your calls, your concerns, and in some cases the compliments. Uh, it has been a, a heck of a year. Mayor, I do hope that we can get you to come back uh, a couple more times throughout the year, and hopefully we can stay a little longer because the phone lines are still ringing off the hook right now with people wanting to talk to you. Cameron, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I'll be happy to come back. And uh, I commit the next time, <clears throat> if we have more time, let's make it more time so that I can take your questions and other questions uh, uh, as much as we, we uh, time possibly allows. It is a date. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogshead, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, more of the Open Line Show is coming up here in just moments. Keep calling me, 317-239-9696. I'm still going to take your questions, your calls, and your comments about what we've talked about here on the show. That's everything from what's happening on the west end of Market Street at the state capitol to the east end of Market Street at the mayor's office. Call me, 317-239-9696. I want to hear from you. You are the co-host of the show, and you get to be on the air when you dial that number. More of this show. It's called Open Lines. It returns after this. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. And we are back. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are in the 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 studios. We thank, uh, send our thanks to Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett for spending 15 minutes with us to ask a plethora of questions from me and the audience. And, uh, you know, I got to let you guys know that was originally going to be a 30-minute interview, so we had to condense that down into 15 minutes. And that's why whoever that was who called said I didn't ask about crime. I wasn't going to ask because I knew you were going to ask because – that's what you do when you call. When I give you the opportunity to ask a question, don't act like no one. You're not being allowed to ask questions. I don't know. I'm on my soapbox. I don't know. That bothers me. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I, got, I get lots of texts during the show. And uh, I don't know. You guys must have been able to he see or hear my face when Dr. Martin Luther King called. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I'm getting a lot of texts about, about that call. Very fun. Uh, nevertheless, I want... Um, 
more callers to call us, 317-239-9696, until we wrap up uh, here at the top of the hour. And we'll see who else may call us uh, this morning. I guess, hey, if you're going to call with a different name, which is the point I was bringing up with this, if you're going to call with a different name, don't call saying you're Dr. King or Rosa Parks. Pick something else. That just throws everybody off. Don't do that. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. We'd love to just hear your name. Let us know who you are. You got something to say? Say it proudly. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Emmanuel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's on your mind? Hey, I was just going to ask the mayor uh, how he felt about the new marijuana uh, bill that's being passed through the legislation and the state legislation and if he thinks that will affect the uh, the crime within the city. Mm. That would have been a lovely question to ask, uh, Sith Mayor, but I'm making notes of the questions that you guys call. So the next time we do get the mayor, which hopefully won't be uh, too soon in the future, we could ask him marijuana and the effects. And that's a good question because, you know, he was the uh, foreign, former uh, U.S. prosecutor. So I'm sure he right. has thoughts on that. Thank you so yes, much sir. for that call. I appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Have a good morning. You as well. Outstanding. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Marshall Floyd Johnson. Uh, my question that I have uh, uh, for the mayor uh, was, you know, they had the electric cars uh, that they scrapped. They had the uh, transit line from IU, uh, from Methodist mm-hmm. to uh, Eskenazi, and they scrapped that. And uh, now they're uh, talking about more money uh, uh, for the city. And my, my question is... Uh, 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 there's a lot of money wasted for transit, and we, uh, as as a citizen, I thought that you know the the red line was going to be from you know from South Side all the way to uh, you know maybe the North Side and Carmel, and it just seemed like it stopped after it got to uh, past you know past it wouldn't even get to the, the mayor's mansion, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So so my question is uh, is are we? Are we? Is he going to be sure that we're not wasting money, you know, uh, with these red lines and uh, you know, just uh, unnecessary uh, um, thinking that something's going to be, and uh, it, it happens to the scrap. And what are they going to do with the old uh, um, uh, 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 hospital? You know, that's a lot of empty space there. Well, that I would can be- tell you. I can tell you what without having asked the mayor, the two projects she brought up was the Blue Indy and then the the rail system that ran between the hospitals and, and the university. Neither one of those uh, was were things that you as a taxpayer voted for. The, the train for the hospital, that's the hospital's thing. They can do whatever they want with it. Blue Indy thing was something the previous mayor uh, decided to do. The difference with that and the Indigo stuff is that is something that voters said, yes, we raised our hand and said uh, they wanted and uh, now someone is trying to take it away. So to your question about the red line and why isn't why isn't as long, it's supposed to come in phases. So what you see of the red line so far is phase one, and then there's a phase two that goes a little further, and then there's a phase three that would even go into Hamilton County and to Johnson County, but they have to agree that they want it too. So all of it's a work in progress. I know I didn't give you the mayoral answer, but just based off what's happened, that just gives you a little bit better idea of how that Money goes to certain projects. Well, thank you very, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Let's slide to another call. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. This is Mayhem. How's it going? I'm good. How you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Hey, from the riot to now, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we had a bill to uh, recall the mayor. He gets an F. Um, it's sad that our politicians control the radio station. They come on when they want to come on, mm-hmm. and they, they stay on when they want to stay on. Yeah, you used to have power, man. Now you don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's running TLC. Is Hamilton County running TLC like they run Marion County? Yeah, they used to have no power since Amos been gone, man. Yeah, this, that, yeah, this sad and pitiful. And get a clinical psychiatrist for your people, man, because they need help. Peace out. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know who the clinical uh, psychiatrist was, but since you brought it up, I'll explain. Uh, You know, with the mayor and some of these politicians flat out, it has been hard to get them. And while one could take what you said as an insult, um, 
there is some truth to it, but you're coming for slightly from the wrong direction. We have not tried any less uh, to get these folks to come on. In fact, I've had the mayor booked on this show uh, since January, since like the second or third week of January. He's supposed to have been uh, coming on this show, uh, and we finally got him. But truth be told, I've been trying to get the mayor literally for a year to come on this show. So um, maybe it's not just on me. If more folks speak up and say uh, that you just can't come when you want to come, because I certainly make that uh, argument, uh, and that's partially what I had to do to get him to come just for this. But if you folks out there hold him accountable, then he'll know that if I don't take my butt over to TLC, I'm going to get some pushback. So you as the listener, don't just call in and complain to me. Call in and complain to him, because I've literally been trying to get that man on this show for the past year. Happy we finally did it. And hopefully we can get him to come on uh, some more in the future. And the same goes for the governor. We've had him on, but I'm still trying to get him to come on live. Unfortunately, um, I don't always get what I want uh, because I don't have a magic wand to do whatever I want. But let me tell you, it has been an uphill battle just to get these folks to come on. Some of them understand the importance of coming over here and talk to our audience. We reach uh, 80% of black and brown folks. There are 40% of the white population in Indianapolis who listen to Hot 96.3. We got them all right here. It's up to, uh, to you to join me in letting them know, y'all need to come over here. You can't just go down to WIBC or wherever else you want to go, when you want to go. You got to come where the people are. And that's why I open the phone lines up so that you, you can ask them the question yourself, just hopefully next time we have more time to do that. And hopefully the mayor will come back, uh, as he said on the air to you, that he would. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Why? Because it's 8.59. Uh, and that means more music is on the way on Hot 96.3 and on 106.7 WTLC. There is more coming from Al Sharpton, who is right around the corner. So much to talk about. The phone lines are still ringing as we get ready to sign off. But guess what? We'll have more show coming up for you next Sunday at 8. Uh, and we'll have the opportunity to take more calls, find out what's going on at City Hall, what's going on over at uh, the State House. And we'll keep asking more questions, and we invite you to do so as well. Uh, more of Open Lines next Sunday, live at 8. For now, I'm Cameron Riddle. Have a great Sunday.